0: You want the red? Yeah, there we go. Okay, I can hear it now. It's always when I was a, a, a chaplain in the Navy, I was assigned to the Marines, and on a regular basis, we, there's certain little slots people come in for. Not that many, believe it or not. But one, there's a religious one, and unfortunately, it's nothing to do with 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 this. It has to do with prophecy, and these these people come in. And and they're they're letting you know how much they're learning because they're reading books about Nostradamus. And here's what he said. Now here, that's not going to happen because he said this. And that's not going to happen because he said that. All right? They're intrigued with prophecy. Okay, um, most of you are too young to remember Jean Dixon. Remember Jean Dixon Uh, years ago? she, uh, If Jean had been right in the moment, she said we would be... Actually, uh, the bottom of the ocean, right about now. California is supposed to fall off the U.S. and so on. Some people b- bought a lot of land in uh, Nevada. They still have it. Okay, there's no ocean there yet. So, but I mean, the, 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 those, whatever she said, people were oh, I'm waiting with bated breath and, 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 and look, looked at her. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Edward Casey. They, Edward, Edward Casey books. Sleeping proper. You know, he talks in his sleep, and we write this stuff down, and man, and, and the list goes on. It goes on and on. But they never go to here. They never go to here. Now that, for the that, they still, if you know what bookstore to go to, don't go there. We have one, one where I live. It's a witchcraft bookstore. See, this is the kind of stuff that if you mail it somewhere, it will get me in trouble, okay? But they have those books there. And um, uh, astrology. People say, okay, I'm going to go there today. And they say, oh, I can't go today because my horoscope says I can't go there. And so the horoscope runs their life. And they have to check with, you know, the stars. (laughs) So, um, stuff like that. Well, and then, that was, some new stuff was coming to the scene. Surprisingly. So, the Bible codes. You have all these Bible codes. There's movies about Bible codes, TV series, all this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm not going to go too much into that, but I'm going to propose a question. Now, thank you, Jack, for for telling us what we know about this so far. But um, the Bible codes imply that God has hidden his truth. The book of Revelation opens up by saying he has not hidden his truth. He has revealed his truth. Think about the nature of God. He does not want to hide his truth. He wants to reveal his truth. I mean, if we're held accountable to judgment and then we say, well, you know, we couldn't figure out that Bible code. You know, it's hard. It's not going to work. So all that stuff, and, and it's, it becomes mystical, whether through Judaism, uh, Kabbalah, or all, all different branches of, of Christianity has this mysticism as well. But it has to do with, well, you know, you can start understanding those codes and those things once you attain a higher level of spirituality. That's right out of the Eastern religions. Change a couple of words. That God wants you, he has revealed himself in this book, and especially in the book of Revelation. It says you're supposed to read it and not only be blessed, but you're supposed to understand what it says. And we have all these fights and all this stuff going on. God does not want to reveal, hide his truth. He wants to reveal it. So be nice to the Bible code people. They show up at our conferences every now and then, have a booth and so on. But the whole concept is every fourth letter of the Hebrew and every eighth letter of Greek and everything of this, and it lines up. And That's not what God wants. You see, the Holy Spirit, are you with me? The Holy Spirit connects us to truth. In scripture, this is, his word is truth. Not the whatever prophets and not the code, not this, or, you know. And uh, the, even, even the uh, Kabbalah people out of Tumran and other places, you know, all this, these patterns of numbers, the, the numerology. Ah, that's the key that unlocks the code. So now you understand what God said. No, God's spoken plain Hebrew and Greek. A little bit our marriage here and there, all right? He wants you to know and understand. So, uh, Jack held up a chart. <clears throat> but the chart, you notice how, how clear that was for you to read, right? The chart. It was a fine print version. Well, he held up a chart. Believe it or not, that one is messianic. Which I think is the best. If you're going to have a chart, that, that's the best one. However, in reading other well-known... Jack, Jack listed some good people. Reading other well-known people... Uh, that you would know and love, that are really good, when they approach Revelation, they go, and I quote, they say, you know, I've read a lot of these different uh, points of view. And brother so-and-so, brother Brother so-and-so, all these guys really love the Lord. But they disagree on the interpretation and catch this, okay, of things that have not yet occurred. There's some room for that. It hasn't happened yet. Don't go down to the mat over something that hasn't happened yet. All right. So what he said was, I respect, the, I know they love the Lord, I respect all of them, and I respect their points of view. So he said, I don't say, that's the one. Because he said, I used to say that, and now I, well, I changed my mind. That's not the one, that's the one. Okay, so Jack, uh, th- that person said, uh, two of them, which wrote opposite ends of theology. Two of them said, I don't use charts. I don't, I don't use charts. It's too confusing. So Jack and I kind of are in the same boat. We're not going to use charts. Well, except, uh, except for two that we made, we made our, our own charts. We made. Now, there, by the way, what Jack didn't mention is that all, he was firing off all those verses for you, Ezekiel and Daniel. We're going to have handouts at the at the campout, and for those of you who don't go to the campout, we're going to bring them back here. So, it'll be recorded and have handouts. We have lots of stuff just to have you look up. We're going to refer, like to Matthew 24. Well, there's all these. Like, we're going to have it all in print. You will get it. Now, our charts. Or the simple version. It's the same chart with two o- overlays, you might say. Oh, that's chart two. This is chart one. And this is chart two. You got it? Okay, good. We can move on, right? By the way, I see that, that Mike and May are, are here. This is their fourth time. Um, they're, they're now part of us, okay? <laughs> they're no longer visitors. You're now one of us. So, By the way, you're prayer. We pray for people like you to come here. Thank you. For listening, and thank you for being here. Hey chart one. I'm not, we're going to have a hand on this, and it'll be it'll, it'll be clear. You got to imagine. See, we imagine. See, we imagine a lot of stuff. Imagine we've imagined maps before. Now, when I do that, those guys are up there looking through stuff trying to find a map to put up there. Don't do that. You won't find this chart anywhere. We're not going to make any money on this. Okay, Jack. Sorry, Jan might bite you, but that's about it. Okay, so th- think in terms of of a chart where. It looks like that, but real big, okay? One line coming down this way, one line coming up that way, and they meet right here. Okay, that, That's the picture right there. Where the, where the two lines meet is the second coming of the Messiah. Okay, this is a perspective of what's happening in the book of Revelation. It's a phenomenal book. Okay, you can ask questions. What, what happens is this. is uh, John has said, is told, okay, write what's going on up there. Then he's rapid. Okay, now write what's going on down there on earth. But it's at the same time. The events are happening at the same time. Okay, now write what's happening up there. But the two lines up there down here, you got it? This is a simple chart. Up there down here. The two, tri- the two lines are moving to a point of intersection. To where at the end of the book of Revelation, around chapter 19 or so, the things that are happening up there and the things that are happening down here intersect at the second coming. Follow the white horse. Okay. Follow the white horse. Uh, okay. That's that wonderful chart. That we're not going to make, make it. It won't be a fun way to chart two. Same, same things. You have the second comment. Okay. The top line are scriptures of prophecy. That's prophecy. That hasn't happened yet. But it's, people write books on stuff that hasn't happened yet. And they make a lot of money. Before I explain my detailed chart, um, when, you, when you go places and, and, and you're like a guest speaker and so on, and you, they want to, to t- teach a Bible study, the people sometimes, all at of the time, will say, you know, we're tired of the milk that we've been getting. <laughs> yeah, we're tired of the milk. We want the real meat, the real meat of the word. And when you, <laughs> when you find out what they say, they want something in Revelation. I like, go... Oh, now that's not the real meat, you guys. The real meat is the deity of Yeshua, the atonement, I mean, I am the way, the, you know, the, the way, the truth, the life. You know, That's the real meat of the word. The identity of the person of Messiah and your identity as a believer in him, well, those intersect. Anyway, we're not doing this because you have uh, have that particular need because God has directed us to do this at this, this, this time. And I'm, ex- I'm excited about it because I'm learning some stuff having to put it in short perspective. A year, two-year study <laughs> in four sessions. All right, so the top line going down is history. It hasn't happened yet. Bottom line going up, I mean, top line is prophecy. It hasn't happened yet. Bottom line is history. History has happened. Okay, we have history books. But those two get, get closer and closer. And we're somewhere up in here somewhere because we are saying, you know, that prophecy, those five, Sure looks like history on TV this week. It tells you the people, the places, the countries, the, the geography, and so on, what they're doing. Wow, and, and that's what's happening. we we'll you, sh- you should have told us to watch for the signs of the times. We'll be able to recognize them. They're happening as we speak. They'll be more and more intense and clearer and clearer, and there's a point of intersection where prophecy and history come together. That's the second coming. And and it'll all be understood at that point. So you got that, right? Good. All right. Now, part of the problem uh, with people that, know, that love the Lord and they're great people and scholars and so on, as they do revelation, they, they, they so focus on certain details. I had a list, I didn't even bring it today, but it's a list of questions I know you have, like, okay, who is the Antichrist? Well, in our case, the Anti Messiah. Okay, we've got to use messianic terms. Who is the beast? And the false prophet, ooh, an unholy trinity, right? Well, sure, there's three of them. Okay, well, now we can't say they were a trinity. But well, anyway, okay, now wait a minute. Jack mentioned all the animals with a... Who, oh, who are the 24 elders? Who are the 24 elders? That one, we're going to tell you. Okay, that one, we're going to tell you. And it gets down to, okay, what really is the mark? And what happens if you take it by accident? You know, when you weren't looking, they'd put it on you. It's not going to happen, by the way. It's not going to happen. Do you know that there's two marks? There's a good one and a bad one. Okay, so if you take the good one, you won't be able to go to the market. What are we going to do? Worry, worry, Oh, come on, You wish you wouldn't have said that. Worry, worry, worry. Well, we won't be able to eat. I know, I'll grow my own corn. Try it. See what happens. Do you know about a cornstalk? How much does one cornstalk produce? Two ears. That's it, folks. You're not going to make many tacos out of that, okay? Tortillas. Okay, but she had the right answer. <laughs> I'm tempted to say for a change. But they told me that this morning. They said, I looked nice for a change when I came into the building it. Yeah, I don't understand this. I did, they said that. Okay. When, if we start, the, we, if we move into the worry thing, that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He intimidates. He intimidates, and this intimidation is, I'm not allowed to go to State Brothers. I can't go to CVS. I can't shop without his mark. Hmm, The temptation, I'm only thinking of my kids. Okay, I'll take the mark so I can eat. Wait a minute. The answer was, in time past when there was sort of a problem with food, God provided manna for who? We're his people. Okay. Do you know what it is? No, I don't know what it is. They, they ate it. Okay. All I'm saying is, the whole complete picture is God will. He God doesn't lose, which is, which is is one of my points. Here is that we have this the the, the this gigantic drama, the world's greatest drama of, of all time, is about to take place. It's worth the very start of it. It is starting as we're speaking today. I mean, the stuff on the news, those lines are right close together. They're right there. What's interesting is that the, the book of Revelation, when you're reading it, look at geography. See, geography? Yeah, geography. It talks, to, it says twice about the Euphrates River. Remember back in the olden days, 30 years ago, when these prophecy books first were coming out? Oh, it was, oh yeah. Uh, when, the, when the Euphrates River is right up to make way for the kings of the east. Oh, it's communist China Because you have 200 million foot soldiers crossing the uh, Euphrates. Problem is, the miracle isn't that. The miracle is that they crossed the Gobi Desert. Ever look at that on a map? Huge piece of desert. Huge. It's a miracle Marco Polo made it back and forth. uh, But that, that, you know, I've... So, biblically, when you look at, at boundaries in geography, what is it saying? See, if you ask little kids, they usually get. Okay, it talks about the Euphrates River as a boundary, as a border. In Scripture, what is that a boundary of? The Promised Land, Israel. Israel will one day have that land. Little problem today: uh, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq. All right. However, we have destroyers sitting off the coast of Syria. If you were to have a map up, up on the board of Syria today. did you ever look at the countries that border Syria? Okay, Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. And not to get political, because I'm not going to do that, but we have been known to miss targets. And there's any, any number of, of things that can go wrong Okay, if we overshoot a little bit. Including Israel is one of the borders. It's like, but it's right out of the book. It's right out of the book. Oh, I have a little hint. Does the Bible say anything else about uh, um, people from the east? Okay, so you, you have geography of the land of Israel. Okay, what that, what, that, what that is saying is that the events on the earth are taking place. The focal point is the land of Israel. That's what that's saying. Okay, the battle of Armageddon. Bring me back to where I just was a second ago, okay? Don't, don't forget that. It's, it's one important thing about the Eu- uh, Euphrates. Uh, the battle of Armageddon See all the different things we think about that are not correct because we—the word battle is not the right word. It's campaign. I want to It's a series of battles with the gathering place for the final assault, and the target is Jerusalem. See, it's all in the land of Israel. Satan gathers his forces, okay, for one final—it's a staging area for one final attack to Israel. When we go to Israel, we stand up in that valley. The Valley of Armageddon, and and the main road south is to Jerusalem. That's right. That's the road right there, and that's the target. But it's it's a campaign. Revelation 16. When you get there, it says he gathers together the armies of the world in a place called. Now this is this is amazing. Uh, what does it say? Yeah, yeah uh, Armageddon, which in Hebrew, and there's an interesting point of words, means the mound of Megiddo. It means the tell of Megiddo. When John wrote that, that was a city, not a tell. Today it's an archaeological tell. We stand there, and it appears that where we're standing, overlooking that whole valley, is where the leadership will have their headquarters, overlooking all their armies who are going to attack Jerusalem. But it even says it's a tell, not a city. Tell Megiddo. It, it tells the exact location of that. Tell, tell Megiddo. Um, okay, I was going to. Oh, De Euphrates. De Euphrates. Okay, that says to make way for the, for the kings of the east. they were like, oh, China, right? Uh-uh, nope. Biblically, biblically speaking, the terms that are used for leaders from the east. Did we have that anywhere? I think quick, I only have 10 minutes. Huh? Oh, the wise men. The Magi. By the way, those were in the book of Daniel, too. Daniel was one of those, by the way. He was a Magi. That meant he had a, several PhDs and all the stuff of... What country? You're going to miss this, huh? What country? What is the country east of the Euphrates, biblically? Persia. The story of Esther. So, biblically, it refers to the leadership, the king's, From the east, crossing the Euphrates, they're from Persia. Today, Persia is Iran. On the news, those lines are getting right here, like this. Do they want to come into the land of Israel? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're politics. uh, We're starting to make it a little easier for them. All right. But the thing is, the players that we see in Revelation are the players we see on, on the news this week, and the locations are the same. They're all they're all lining up we are all lining up. And, okay, I started by saying this. That some of the the main uh, leadership people that we know and love get bogged down in detail on who's who and what's what. I have that list. It's really long on all the detail of of, of Revelation. We all want to know who who those people are and so on. But they get so bogged down in it, they miss the point of the whole book. That's why Jack and I have been forced to stay on the main point of the book. It, may, it reveals Yeshua in his majesty, in his glory, in his might, coming to earth to keep all the promises that he made. He will sit on the throne of David. That's, that is a Jewish covenant. The Davidic throne. He will sit on the throne and he will be king. Okay? Period. Okay? The, the, the focus is him doing that and how we get there at the end because there's a huge opposition. From Satan. And he develops, I even mentioned that an unholy trinity, all this counterfeit stuff he develops. There's a counterfeit Messiah. Right? And, and he has a counterfeit message. And even, okay, it talks about cities. Okay, in geography, it talks about Jerusalem and Babylon. What, how does that work? Well, there's some symbolism, but there's all, Babylon's Iraq of today. So the main point. Of the book of Revelation. It's not all the details of who's what, and I'll tell you in about three minutes. But if I were to use my notes today, if I wasn't to do that, one of the the first things I would say was when I when you when I say, Okay, think of the book of Revelation, what it's about. What is it that you think? Most people think, Oh, it's terrible. It's about wars and famines and earthquakes and asteroids hitting the earth on tidal waves and, and, and people can't go to work and there's no food. And, and that's what most people think. But do you, do you, <laughs> it's not true. The book of Revelation is a phenomenal book of worship and praise. It shows you what you will be doing in heaven because John sees you there doing it in the future. It's around the throne and we sing we adore him, we praise him, we worship him. It's a book of worship and praise that's yet to happen, but it's as good as done because John saw you there in the future. You, that's sort of predestined that you are there, sort of. Hey, it's true. You, you, John couldn't have seen that without some sort of predestination. Well, aren't you just relieved me that we solved that problem again? The only problem is how I was going to end this morning. We're, we're going to get there, by the way was uh, toward the end of the book, it's like, okay, attention everybody, please be seated, the court is now in session. We have the 24 elders, like, kind of like a jury, and uh, uh, you know the lamb, you know the lamb. By the way, it says in Revelation 29 times, Yeshua is the lamb. We will never forget the cost of our salvation. The marks are still there. 29 times. But at the end, the lamb is transformed into a lion, and the lion gets to roar, and he ta- and, and and Satan's starting to shake. Okay, and he takes his rightful position. About a month ago, we were in John chapter five, that we're there forever and ever. In that chapter, Yeshua said, "By the way, I am going to be your judge. You will stand before me for eternal judgment. That's what it is." And the judge. Who is the lion sits down and judgment takes place. So, my subject is the theme of Revelation. Here is Yeshua in all of his majesty and glory. And he's on the throne of judgment. And the question is okay, are you ready? Because there's two books. Well, that's right out of Yom Kippur, isn't it? There's two books. And the question is which book has your name? Because in one of the books, They go with Satan to his final doom, which is an eternity. See, Satan, in in the court of law, does not get a life sentence. He gets an eternal sentence, not a life sentence. It's him, his angels, and his followers get that sentence. That's a pretty big deal. So the question is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you in that book? The Lamb's Book of Life. Because that book, you enter the throne room of the king of kings, the lord of lords, the lamb of God, the lion of Judah, the the root of David. By the way, did you ever make that list of all those Jewish things in Revelation? Oh, that's Jewish stuff. Isn't that amazing? Jews don't ever lose their identity. In heaven, they're still Jews. Think about that one. But it talks about around the throne with them. And Jack mentioned it. There's three or four of these wonderful worship services. People. From every tribe, kindred, ethnic group, place, language, blah, blah, blah. All together, we're in unity, finally. All around the throne and worship service. And it's, look at it. It's not quiet. It's really loud. They're singing in loud voices. They're shouting in loud voices. They're proclaiming in loud voice. It's not quiet. It is not quiet at all. You know, when I bring all this stuff up on expressions of worship, people, <clears throat> people will come to me and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like that. I go, that's not good. I'm not meaning you should yell and scream because I'm not like that either. But you know what? Worship is to be enjoyed. And in the presence of the king, in unity, <laughs> all of the redeemed are proclaiming his worth his value in music in scripture and we sang the song the hallelujah we're saying that and the predominant language challenge man this at the camp out is hebrew in heaven <laughs> i can show you where it says that all right and during the tribulation the predominant target is they're not jews they're messianic jews and i can show you those verses where it clearly states clearly states in Revelation that Satan's big target are Messianic Jews. They didn't even exist. That. Well, I'll show you the verses. And just toward the end, what happens is that Satan does kind of figure it out. And we get that one verse that says, you know, Satan is now enraged. He's attacking us. Okay, Whoever's here, he's enraged because he's figured it out. My end is near. I'm going to lose. I'm taking as many with me as I can." So, he's enraged, but who's, again, in that, in those scriptures, who's his target? It's us. It's us. Whatever you believe about the rapture or whatever, it doesn't matter, because there are some of us there during this time, okay? And we're, whoever there, whoever it is, their lights are shining real good. A lot of them get killed. And when they show up in heaven, there is no, oh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That doesn't, is not said. It's like, your brother or sister. This is the greatest thing in the year. It's like, what took you so long? Because what's ahead of us is beyond your wildest dreams of wonder. Paul said, eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the wonderful things God has in store for those who love him. I can think of some really good stuff. Really good stuff. He says, Better than that. See, Paul got to see that stuff, too. Kind of like John. And what Jack pointed out was all of our prophets, when they write down their visions of heaven, they all line up. They all see the same thing. They all see the same thing. And if you're a believer, you will see it, too. You will see it, too. Because at the judgment, the people are going that way to the lake of fire. The other people... As Yeshua said, by the way, remember, remember, I said to you at the last seder, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Your mansion's right there. I personally prepared it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my kingdom, and we have the honor and the privilege of serving Him for eternity. Which book are you in? You see, the theme of the book is the whole thing is, that well, have you repented yet? It's over and over and over and over. And those that don't, it says, and they refuse to repent. Holiday fame, huh? And they refuse to repent. And they refuse to repent. God's grace is way past whatever you can imagine. He gives every, they are without excuse. And some still choose the wrong way. Well, I don't know your spiritual condition. And all I know is what I see and what you say. Would you tell me something? I, I, I believe it. But I mentioned earlier that I, I really feel there's somebody here that needs to say those words. Lord, Lord, save me! I'm not sure if it's a situation or if it's salvation. But he promised in John 6 that whoever comes to me, I will in no way cast out. There is no nothing you can think of that would keep him from receiving you if you say, Lord, save me. A few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, I, I preached this from John 6, a very strong evangelistic message, and a couple of people said, Well, you should have given an invitation at that point right there. And as you recall, because you recall everything's so perfect that I say, right? Every, every single word. <clears throat> That's when I was kind of balancing the juggling uh, uh, the act of predestination and free will. Remember that? We're not done with that yet. And the reason is in Revelation, you have them both in the same verse sometimes. How does that work? It works really good. We'll see. So, I was thinking, you're right. I should have given the invitation. And based on all those things, the whole concept of free will and God's pre-planning for his plan and a purpose and so on, I thought maybe I would give it like this. Okay? Okay, those of you, I'm not giving it. This is what I would say. Those of you who have been predestined to be in his kingdom for eternity, come forward now for prayer. (laughs) Yeah, you like that one, huh? Yeah. Uh, The rest of you who are not predestined, who are doomed to go with Satan and his angels to to the Lake of Fire, um, you can use your free will one last time and say, "Lord, save me," and then you can change sides and come over on this side, where you were predestined to be in in the first place. (laughs) Uh, He lets you decide. But I think it's the dumbest thing in the world if you don't decide to spend eternity with him. I've never heard a good reason yet. So we're going to have some fun. We'll have handouts. We we make reference to all those verses. And uh, be reading. Revelation and Hebrews. Let's uh, all stand. Let let the redeemed of the Lord uh, pray that prayer. So, looking at the theme, are you ready? Are you ready? Because, as Jack rightly said, all of, all the charts that would go all around the room, none of them are exactly correct. If you're putting your trust in one of those charts, say, "Nope, I have this many more years left." I don't know if you can do that. Besides, you might walk out the door, and like we said. Have an early, a little earlier flight for you. Are you ready to meet him face to face? Let me tell you what you can't say. Can't say you haven't heard the truth. Can't say that. Can't say that. Every time Yeshua asks someone, "Why did you doubt?" No one ever had a good reason. Not a one. There's not one good reason. Do you see his grace? Do you see his immense love? He's got a second, third, fourth, fifth, ten, uh, seventy times seven chances. This Shabbat, Shabbat Shubah, return to the arms of your Abba. Thank you, Lord, for your promises that very soon everyone will be kept, every covenant fulfilled, every purpose accomplished. I thank you that you have revealed it, that these aren't code things, places we have to dig around and do magical things to discover stuff. You have simply stated exactly what's going to happen. Thank you. Lord, I thank you that literally we see us there in the future who have in our own free will invited you to be our Lord. And we have the promise of being there with him forever. Thank you for the greatest gift of all time. And we declare we are not worthy. And as the Crowds in heaven shouted, Worthy is the Lamb. Yes. And that's our message. Worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy. And that word worthy, the word worth, comes from the word worship. Worship. We worship because he's worthy. Open our hearts and our eyes that we might be a tool, an instrument, a proclamation in these end times for the sake of the kingdom. And I pray these things in Yeshua's name. Amen.